0: listening to bow down to us the comics edition
1: a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs you know who you are and here's your host vince Hello, comic fans. It is Wednesday, December 8th, and it is time for issue 19 of Bow Down to Us, the Comics Edition. As usual, I'm Vince, and
0: as usual, Roger's here with
1: me. What's up, buddy?
0: Oh, not too much, not too much. Doing good today. Hey, doing good today. Well, that's one. Well, I got a call from the comic book store today saying that the new issue of Dragon Age was there waiting for me. Oh, and excellent. it's been a long time since the last yes, one. Yes, it has. It's like so, they had a couple like back to back kind of thing. <laughs> it's like somebody had a little bit too much Red Bull when they were doing the coloring and inking for the first those couple of issues. But they kind of went into a lull after that. So I was really happy to hear that. Yeah, I wonder
1: if they're using a different distributor because that comic never comes up on my uh, weekly list. That's
0: weird. Apparently, it's not coming out on a regular schedule either. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we have some well what i'm sure is going to be some very interesting discussions this week (laughs) because going back to almost the the beginning of our podcast here one of our favorite titles to talk about has been shadowland and last week we finally got the final issue of the miniseries shadowland number five which brings a resolution to the story of daredevil gone insane and possessed by demons uh Why don't you go ahead and start with this one, Raj?
0: Did it really give us much of a a resolution? Kind of a little bit, but it (laughs) certainly left a lot open to do whatever they want with it. And that, to me, is the only real disappointment that I felt in this. Um, For a series that we thought so highly of, that we were so psyched about and everything, to then leave it with such an open-ended ending really to me was a disservice to the fans. I think that when you have something this powerful that has this many fans stirred up about it, then give it an actual closing. And I, I understand part of this is because of everything that's happening with Daredevil and that this has to just be the, you know, the, the start of all these new things that are going to be happening. However, I think that they I think that as a a mini series that is this powerful it would have been far more you would have had far more of an impact to have an actual ending and then bounce from that with whatever you're going to be doing later on it then gives you the opportunity when you're opening up your other series that are following this to take some chances in those early issues to to have issues at that don't have to be recapping but actually telling a brand new story you know what i mean whereas
1: you can really compare it to marvel's last big earth-based uh event which was the siege which as bad as the ending was it was still an ending but it didn't completely close everything off like it was all set up for their future stories but it had an end which which is what i felt we we were missing here yeah
0: Yeah, see, and going back to what I was trying to say, too, I think that what not just the comic book writers, but also the publishers have to realize is that, again, if you're looking at a miniseries being a launching point of a monumental change in a series or that will launch other series and whatnot, by giving us something like this that has this open-ended feel, then your new comic book has to recap kind of what's happened. And from there, it doesn't always snag the readers either because many of them are going to feel left out if they didn't read this. Whereas if they would have closed this out properly, then any series that are launching from this or that are changing substantially can then start the story fresh from there with whatever kind of weird, you know, tie-ins to the miniseries that they'd want. It, it it will still encourage people to go back and buy that miniseries, but it's not that it's mandatory and you're not going to be lost. And, and and what it also does is it makes it so that the people who read and loved and bought the miniseries feel like they got what they deserved at the end. They, they have that sense of closure. They have a fantastic ending to a story. But I don't think that, again, both comic book writers and, and the publishers, realize that these open endings are not epic it's never going to be epic because there's no closure and it's disappointing especially for a title that we loved so much i mean i still enjoyed it i'm not gonna lie i still enjoyed it although aspects of it i wasn't as crazy about but i certainly wouldn't even put it on par with the strongest issues in the series yeah definitely um a couple things
1: I had issues with here is going back to the first time we talked about this, I had criticized the event for having the, whatever it was, like 18 tie-in issues, miniseries and whatnot. And then as we went on, I, I kind of got on board with them because a lot of them were really good. I loved Power Man. I loved Moon Knight. Uh, the Spider-Man one was great. And even like some of the other ones, uh, Blood on the Streets, which we'll be getting back to later, was, was pretty decent. But so I, I kind of bought into it, and now that we've gotten to the end, I'm retroactively not liking it again because we had we had certain characters show up in the main Shadowland title, where their only purpose was to set up their spinoffs. Moon Knight, he he was in you know the first couple issues, and then never seen again. He was off doing his own thing. Same thing with Ghost Rider. He made that great entrance in issue two. Then took off for his own Shadowland spinoff and then showed up in this issue for absolutely no reason. Well, the only reason he was here was just kind of as a device to show how powerful Daredevil had
0: become. You know what? I'll go you one further than that. The only reason he was on in this, same as the only reason he's in the first for for Heroes for Hire, is because he makes sales. for a fantastic cover. He makes yeah. for fantastic artwork that you can have these amazing covers that are going to generate sales. But if you're looking at the cover, and I know covers lie. I mean, I've been reading comic books forever. For cry, crying out loud, almost swear there. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're looking at the, the Shadowlands cover, you're thinking, okay, wow. So there's going to be an epic battle here between Ghost Rider and Daredevil. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> While you're setting yourself up for a fall, if that's what you think, going into this <laughs> issue.
1: Yeah. I mean, still overall, I really enjoyed the event. It was a lot of fun. And it has set up a lot of great stuff for the future. And if, if, it, if it had just had that better ending, it would have been so much more successful because – It's setting up, um, we're going to see Black Panther taking over as the protector of Hell's Kitchen for a little while, which is interesting, but doesn't tie into this in any way. Uh, We got a Daredevil Reborn coming up, which who knows what that is. Uh, They've set up an entire new Power Man taking over uh, Luke Cage's old territory. They actually have a Power Man and Iron Fist miniseries coming out soon. I I really, really enjoyed the Power Man tie-in. And again, we're going to get to later. Uh, Heroes for Hire spinning out of this so As an event I think it did a really Good job it just kind of It really really could Have served to be a little more contained
0: Yeah I there were aspects Of it that I I, I Didn't enjoy which was so disappointing because Of the ramp up to it So I again I Enjoyed it I enjoyed it as a Closing even though it didn't really close it Just so that okay it's done now let's move On to the next story art that we care about but I there's certain aspects that I didn't like. I wasn't as crazy either with the artwork with him with the demons taking control and so drastically changing his appearance and things like that. Yeah. At times it was just a little too comical, which isn't what you want when you're looking at something like this. Like when he was growing the horns and the other ones, and he he had the power. You could you could. Sense the power that he had in his body because of you know the, the the good writing and the artwork, but now it just looked comical and bizarre. And it just kind of took, I know again, they were aiming to show just how far gone he was and whatnot, but it was just a little, it was just bizarre. It just didn't, I personally, I didn't like it, yeah. But I mean, come on, as
1: moody and as dark and as violent as the story got. There's always still room for a good Spidey and Wolverine joke.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one joke in the entire issue is Spidey and Wolverine.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's, again, I'm glad it's done. I mean, it's, I thought that they could have, I, I, I know they could have done better in terms of at least, for my taste, um, the fact that again, I think Punisher had one line in the entire issue. Um, Luke Cage had one line in the yeah, entire. Yeah, he just kind of disappeared. That that that, and I love Luke Cage. That that yeah. that that yeah. And didn't then like that. The pages with the uh, the Kingpin. We've got three full pages with the Kingpin. That you know what, I, I when I initially they were putting the Kingpin in. I didn't feel that he fit in. And he he's been in the the issues the prior issues here and there kind of thing. And I kept thinking the story could hold out without him at all. Maybe some references to him from the other mm-hmm. character, but they didn't actually need him. And then when I'm seeing this here again these these pages with him and I'm thinking what that's wasted space. They could have used those for so much more where it mattered. And in this case, I don't think any of that mattered in the least. Yeah. But bottom line, if you want to read
1: four and a half issues of really good comics, <laughs> Shadowland, I- I'd still recommend it to just about anyone because it is a very. Fun comic, a very interesting comic, and it's really a great jumping on point too because it, it'll it, all these various characters are going on, it'll catch somebody's interest and maybe they'll they'll want to read more about something else that's going on here. So I, overall, still recommend Shadowland.
0: I think that we're I know myself especially overly harsh on it because of the the the, the albeit short pedigree right now, but. It still is a good issue. It is still good. It's still a fun read. It's just that I, I certainly would have expected a lot more. I know that even taking all that into consideration in and of itself, I still wouldn't rank it as high as many other comics that we've read recently. Um, but it still wasn't a bad issue. It's just it had some some pretty serious flaws. But then when you're looking at it in terms of what we had hoped, then it's some pretty serious flaws.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to one of the new comics that is spinning out of Shadowland. Uh, Shadowland had a miniseries going along with it called Blood on the Streets, which uh, focused on some street-level heroes dealing with uh, the Hand and police corruption. And basically, by the end of it, they realized that they're, with Daredevil gone and the police unreliable, somebody else has to step up to, to, to help out. And that's where we go with Heroes for Hire. And... I know this was your biggest problem with Heroes for Hire, but it's also the thing I liked most about it. How the entire comic is a throwback. Uh, Heroes for Hire is something that was popular back in the early 80s. And that's what I like because this whole comic is a who's who of Marvel's B and C list heroes with the occasional heavy hitter thrown in. Most of these characters have not been popular in over 20 years. So I like the, the throwback style of this comic. It really... Harkening back to, to an older day, back when I really enjoyed some of these characters, uh, what we have here is uh, Misty Knight, a uh, private investigator, has taken over in kind of an oracle role from uh, Batman, Birds of Prey type, type comics, giving instructions to various heroes to accomplish these tasks. Uh, here we see Falcon, uh, former partner of Captain America, Black Widow, I would assume everybody knows who Black Widow is, Moon Knight, and Electra, all coming into one larger plan and each fulfilling a specific role. And one of the things that that that's really great about this to me is each character is actually pretty spot on to what we've expected from them. Uh, Falcon, even though he is, quote, for higher, isn't working for money. He's still the altruistic hero that he's known to be. Moon Knight is still as hardcore as ever <laughs> in, in, in kind of his uh, Marvel's version of Batman role here. I, I liked the characterizations and I really do love these two writers. Um, Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, they have done a lot of work out in the Marvel cosmic side of Marvel, taking unknown, underappreciated characters and really doing a lot of good work with them and making very fun, very good comics out of characters that nobody has cared about in a long time. And I really think with time to grow here, they can do the same thing here with Heroes for Hire. I liked the issue probably more uh, looking forward to the future than the exact issue itself. Just knowing, you know, the writers, knowing the characters. This is definitely one of those ones where I'm taking it on a bit of faith here. But to me, it wasn't a bad issue. On the other hand, I know you had
0: some issues with it. So um, go ahead there. Well, I'm not going to be bothering to read any more of it. I mean, it's basically that simple. I'm not going to be giving I'm not going to I'm not going to pay for something that I based on the first one that's supposed to knock it out of the ballpark that you can't wait to read anymore that I really I don't I don't wanna read a throwback. I was reading comic books back then. I don't need a throwback. I want what's pertinent now, what works for now, because we've grown since the eighties. We've grown in terms of our writing or the the what we like in terms of writing. We've talked about this before. And this kind of stuff, I really the, the, the concept of the heroes for hire is lame i'm sorry there's no other way to say it i i think it's a lame concept the the idea that heroes are looking to be paid for what it is that they're doing is once again it's just it it doesn't work when you've got like iron fist that you just saw in other um both in shadowlands as well as we just saw him in um, new avengers as well being this noble protector of people but let's put him on the cover with this big logo that says heroes for hire and in between heroes and hire put a whole mess of dollar signs because apparently that's all the character is and to me that just doesn't fit i mean even the character of punisher punisher was about justice his brand of justice for sure but still justice it wasn't about you know being for hire And then that's the thing, too. You've got Iron Fist, Ghost Rider, and and Punisher on the cover. None of them make an appearance here. If they're not making an appearance, don't put them on to sell issues. It doesn't work. And you're setting your readers up for a huge fall. So basic premise, I'm not digging it already. So there you go. And well, then when, when you, I, I'm not, Hey, I'm not done. Okay, oh, okay, I got, okay. I got more. Sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> Silly me thinking you would, you would give me an opportunity to counter your point, but go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, fine. Fine. I'm fine. Only fine. The host, you try, I mean,
0: Don't me. <laughs> oh uh, God. Just,
1: but, but the way they're taking the four higher concept is different from what it's been seen in the past here. If you look at, uh three out of the four characters, Falcon, Black Widow, and Moon Knight, they're not being paid. And and all three of them at the same time, when they first start talking to Misty, it's, I'm not comfortable with how this is working out. They're not really into this whole, you know, work for favors scenario, but they're going along with it because it's still the right thing to do. And the one character that is perfectly fine with it, is Electra, a professional assassin. So she's perfectly fine getting the cash for her work here. And, and as they've said, stuff like uh, Punisher and Ghost Rider, it, it's going to be a similar thing. They're not going to be working for cash. They're not going to be working you know, for favors. They're going to be involved with the stories. This is uh, from what I've read in interviews with Abnett Landing. They're going to be involved in stories that fit them where they're, they're going to work and where there's an opportunity for both sides to
0: have be mutually beneficial but that's not what they're saying through you're not getting told with each of these that they're not working for the money i mean yeah it, they are
1: they, they she's she told falcon that uh hey this information that you were looking for same thing with black widow and then even moon knight like i know you were already working on this case that's why i called you in because yeah, but I that has no want to be
0: part of it bearing on whether or not they're accepting money for this i mean the 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 she but opens, it never says they are either it point blank says, "Are you for hire tonight?" That it's, implies that's just a, there's a catch what? line. Then they should have done something else. See, that's my because other. Because if thing you that, look at when she's talking to Electra, then make it something Electra. else. Why make it heroes for hire? Then make it something else because it doesn't work as this for hire.
1: I, I will. I would. I would buy that. But if you're looking the, when she's talking to Electra, she does make a point to say that Electra is getting paid. So I don't know.
0: But she doesn't say that the others aren't. There's at no point or is it mentioned that the others aren't actually taking their money. All right, hold on a second here. See, you're 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 putting again your spin on what you think it means, but not what is actually there. Okay, now I'm gonna have to edit yeah. out a whole bunch of space. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you go on. I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> but. So again, this is something, that concept that I don't agree. It's not that I don't agree. It's not like a moral thing. It's just, I, I don't think it works. Put it that way. I mean, if you had, if you chose some very morally ambiguous characters like Electra, then, and that they want to be paid, okay, fine. But then it's not heroes for hire. The The whole idea with the, the, the title does not work for me. This... Again, the logo with the dollar signs and then slapping people on that aren't even there. It, it doesn't work. Part of the issue I did like, actually, the part with Moon Knight was interesting. It was very interesting, although I don't like this Oracle-type Misty as well. We have an Oracle, okay? We don't need a yeah. Marvel version of Oracle. And the the big reveal at the end ruined the not just the issue for me, but the entire series that how so we, because it's absolutely ridiculous it's so? just ridic- what do you mean how so it's ridiculous it doesn't i it, it did nothing for me it, it was i just i found it ridiculous i how much more do can we say without spoiling here
1: i it was it was ridiculous <laughs> i i, I- I disagree. I disagree because w- w- with that twist ending, now it brings a whole new spin on exactly how much good these heroes are doing now. Now that we know that possibly their their information is bad, uh, you know maybe the the heroes that think they're they're out heroing really aren't re- acting in everybody's best interests as they think they are.
0: I know, but again, and it, I don't know. I like it. I don't. I well, we're we're definitely gonna opinions. disagree. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna disagree. I I thought it was ludicrous. I thought I thought the artwork alone in that last panel was enough for me to think, oh my God. And, well,
1: especially oh, in that last Jesus. panel. It points out my biggest issue with the artwork. <laughs> Overall, I think the artwork is fantastic. All the layouts, all all the action scenes, I think it's fantastic. The one issue I have with the artwork is the faces. And of course, the last panel is nothing but a oh, giant Jesus. face. If you look, especially at Misty in some of these panels, like it looks like somebody punched her in the face repeatedly. It's just the faces are off. But overall, I like the artwork. It's one of those things like... um like in Thor or Chaos War, we discussed previously. Overall, the artwork is great, but there's just that some little things that just keep popping up that, that really ruin the overall appearance. And in this one, it's the faces. And yeah, that last, that last panel, whoa. I just looked at it and eh, I'm gonna have nightmares about that one again. Yeah. I still like the story. I still like the premise. I will continue reading it. And if I continue to enjoy it, at least that's good enough for me.
0: Gee, thanks. (laughs) But uh,
1: staying on the. Did you have anything more to say here?
0: No, no, frankly, no. Okay,
1: so staying on the subject of our writers here, Dan Abnett and Andy Landing, that leads into my what we're reading for the week, because if anybody has visited the website, they'll know I have put up part one of a two part uh, article I'm working on, a guide to Marvel Cosmic. And that is what I've been reading a lot of lately, going back through my uh, trade collections of Annihilation, War of Kings, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, stuff that I've really been loving for years. And. I do have to stand by what I've said. Since Abnett and Lanning have taken over control of the Cosmic line of comics, they took over just after the first miniseries. In the four plus years since then, the Cosmic line has been turning out the most consistent quality of any comic in that time period. I've given uh, Amazing Spider-Man a lot of credit for turning out consistent quality over a period of three years add another year and a half onto that. And that's what you get with Marvel cosmic, except it's bigger. It's more. These guys were writing three books a month by themselves. Well, there's two of them. So whatever. I've really enjoyed these characters guys. I love uh, like Nova beta Ray bill showing up. Uh, it, it, anytime you get the inhumans or the she going on, I'm into it. I acknowledge there's a lot of characters that people don't know about, have a hard time getting into. So that's really my drive here with these articles is giving people something to work with here. So maybe they can be interested in reading what I feel are some of the best comics Marvel has been putting out recently. So that's my what I've been reading because I've been reading and writing a lot of that lately. You got anything this week, Raj? Uh,
0: again, little loose ends here and there that I've been getting caught up on with, uh, like, The Walking Dead and some other uh, issues. Oh, jeez, I for, completely forgot about Walking Dead. We're going to have to... Uh. Okay, see, why didn't you just roll with it? I was trying to be subtle there so that you'd pick <laughs> up on the fact that you missed that. Jeez, I worked yeah. so hard on that. Okay. But right. anyways, uh, actually, I haven't been reading quite as many comic books this week because I've been... I'm about three-quarters of the way through The Shattering, which is the uh, preclude to Cataclysm, the, the, the novel. Which I just finished as well. So I have been enjoying it so much that whenever I'm picking up something to read, it's been that instead of a comic book right now.
1: All right. Well, in a nice uh, uh, aside to what we're reading, we have a special segment this week called What We're Watching. <laughs> because we have been watching The Walking Dead uh, this past Sunday. It had its season finale. So don't want to get into too much details about everything because that could be an entire episode of itself
0: for the first season what did you think yeah i think that it's very important for us who have read the comics to set it aside from the comics and judge it by the merits of what it is and though there are certain aspects of the series that i i didn't enjoy as much overall it was phenomenal Overall, it was the episode we were dying to watch in a week, the, the show that we were dying to watch. It was that. That said, there were a lot of things that having read through the, um, the series, the comic book series, that I was very disappointed in. That I wish they would have done differently. That I wish they would have stayed truer to the comic book. And I understand that some things have to be different because you're appealing to a different audience and things like that. So that, that's, that's a big thing plus you have a different format in terms of holding on to your audience. That retention is important to get them coming back. That said, there were a lot of things that they strayed away from or that they they so drastically changed characters that I think could have worked anyways. And that's the big one there. Quite frankly, I'm very disappointed in where they took Rick in the series. It's just so completely different than the, the, the character in the comic book. And I found that really probably the most disappointing thing i know that they had to introduce a whole bunch of other characters they they went with a lot of stereotype for characters like the redneck and the wife beater, and 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 what they did with Shane was oh, I'm wow, not I, liking Shane at all. Yeah. I, I I think they went out of their way so that people hate him, so that when things happen next season, which are bound to happen, well, I shouldn't say that, which one would assume is going to happen, yes. then it's more forgivable. It makes more sense. But they didn't have to go that route. But I think they chose to because it was such a short period of time for the that first season. So, again, I think that it's just they took too many liberties with it that you have to really set it aside from the comic book series because it's so absolutely different. I mean, the whole thing with the CDC, like... We were both saying, like, okay, well, now we're completely lost. We're watching this as the same as every single other person watching who hasn't read the comic books because we have no clue what's going to happen here. And I'm all right with that. I just don't like some of the stereotypes they chose to use, some of the old cliches they chose to use, and the fact that they had such perfectly good material that they could have used that still would have worked. But in and of taking all that into consideration, it still was fantastic. It was still very, very good. And I'm looking forward to the second season.
1: Yeah, I, the, the
0: CDC part is
1: my least favorite thing of the series and not because it strayed from the comic. I'm perfectly OK with them straying from the comic. I, I, I think they know. You, you have to do that in TV. You know, in a comic, you have 22 pages a month to tell your story, so you have to kind of chop things off a bit. A TV series, you'll you'll have plenty of time to get to that later. Especially with the ratings they've been getting, it's going to have plenty of time to to tell the story it wants to tell over the next several years. We hope. My only problem with the whole CDC uh, side story that they did here was the fact that it was the season finale. I don't think it really had enough weight as a season finale. It it was essentially an entire episode devoted to exposition, you know, explaining things to the TV audience that the comic audience really didn't need to have told to them. And that that was my main problem here. Let's let's face it. By and large, TV viewers are pretty dumb. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. (laughs) They need things explained to them if they're going to stay interested. One of the reasons why Lost kind of lost its way over the time. People wanted answers. So I understand the need to give them the answers, and I have no problem with a CDC episode devoted to explaining these things. My only problem was that it was the season finale. I don't think it ended on a high enough note to really have people salivating for the next 10 months waiting for the new season to start. That was really my biggest problem with, with the season as a whole. I don't like what they did with Shane. Um, I don't like what they did with Rick, but not quite to the extent you did. Um, but again, by and large, it's still the absolute best thing I've seen on TV in a long time.
0: I think that my issue with Rick can be resolved now that they know they've been picked up. So the character can, if they they choose their writer's appropriately which is they're going to be looking for new writers now we just found (laughs) out but if they choose their writers correctly knowing that there's time with the character they can curve him back to where he should be as the leader of the group and not just somebody who is far too weak in terms of making decisions and being afraid himself and everything like that
1: yeah as long as they uh push shane off to the side sometime early in the second season
0: i, yeah, I don't think that's <laughs> that, going to be a problem <laughs> that, that will give
1: rick a lot more room to grow as a character because really those, those first few issues of the comic when shane was still hanging around he wasn't quite the 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 hard edge that that he became later on but you know once the the co-leader of the group was out of the picture rick stepped up even more than he had previously so maybe we'll see more of that
0: in the series. Yeah. And just to go back on what I was saying, too, we just found out today that um, the basically the lead writer for the TV series is gone. So the executive producer was Frank Daramont and his basically second in command was Charles Eagle and Eagle Eagle. What are we going to go with? I, I think we're going to with Eagle. Eggly, actually. Eggly. Eggly. Eggly sounds great. My God. Let's edit all that out. The second in command is Charles Eggly, who is taken off from The Walking Dead. And rumor has it that he may be working on another comic series that they're going to turn into a TV series. And that is Powers from uh, Brian Bendis. So I know that you really like his work. And from what I've read, too, I've been enjoying it. I haven't read it. I love
1: powers. powers. I haven't
0: read it, please. but I'd like to now.
1: Powers is essentially um, a detective story focusing on regular people in the world populated by superheroes. So you know they're trying to solve all these crazy murders and whatnot. When you know you've, you've got people punching people's faces out, <laughs> I mean yeah. stuff like that. So so it's it's definitely an
0: interesting spin on the superhero genre. Yeah, I'd like to read it now, having seen this, and uh, and it would be interesting if they if we start seeing more comic series actually making it to the TV screen as well. Yeah, I don't know if tr- powers would
1: translate over as well as Walking Dead. It um, kind of depends on how much they focus on the human element of it, but it could do well. It ha- It has the potential.
0: I think the big thing to keep in mind here, too, is that it means we're getting a new writing staff because they were talking about writing staff as well for the walking dead so that's pretty huge because the staff that they had still despite the 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 quirks that we had with the the first season still did a good job it would be very very easy to kill this it really would you need a very talented writing staff here
1: well it actually came out uh earlier this week maybe last week where Frank Darabont said he was considering letting the entire writing staff go and just using freelance writers for for the episodes and you know everybody's like whoa whoa wait what are you doing well uh, Robert Kirkman the writer for the comic of The Walking Dead came out calmed everybody down It's like listen Frank Darabont has more Oscars than you do uh, AMC has produced more TV series than you do if they think this is the best approach to uh, keep the TV series going, keeping it profitable, keeping it fresh, then i have faith in what in their decisions. Yeah, so. but that's,
0: you know, that's he has to say stuff like that no, because present I think he does. If it because this is important in terms of his series as well and there's a lot of politics behind the, the 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 screen that we're not privy to. I'm not saying he I'm not saying he did, maybe he does believe that, but it's not like he's going to come straight out and say that he thinks this is a dumb idea. And let's be honest, we've talked about this before how this is the 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 comic book series is and from what we saw with the first season of the TV show, it's a drama that is about people. It just happens to be set in this post-apocalyptic world. So if you're looking at it that way, the characters are very, very important. So you want a writing staff that is working on those characters over a long period of time and not just people who can go willy nilly episode to episode. Consistency is important in this case. I'm willing to agree with that. And it,
1: I just don't know enough about the way the TV industry works to really weigh in on the discussion one way or another. Yeah. And that, that was really basically what Kirkman said was saying. It's like, it, yeah, you know, I don't even know. He Kirkman himself said, I don't know enough about the TV industry, but I trust my producers. I trust, um, what's his name? Darabont. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, very few new releases to, to talk about this week. Uh, we have Starborn number one. It is the third of the three Stan Lee series coming from Boom Studios. Uh, if you read my review of Soldier Zero, didn't like it at all. Um <laughs> A couple weeks ago, we got the second one coming out, Traveler. I have a review forthcoming for that. I really liked Traveler, so we have a 50% chance of this one being pretty good, too. So (laughs) at least it's worth mentioning. Uh, Justice League Generation Lost, number 15, continuing that series. Thunder Agents, number two. Uh, It's another new series coming out from DC. I... Really didn't care about it when it was announced. Uh, It's another throwback to a Golden Age comic that they're trying to reboot for a modern audience until everybody was talking about how fantastic it was. I picked up the first issue. I I really did enjoy it. So I'm hoping that issue two can build upon what we saw in issue one. And of course, we have New Avengers number seven coming out this week, where we finally find out who the nanny is. (laughs) And Dragon Age. And
0: Dragon Age, yes. Thank you, Roger. I really have to... And, and actually, more into that one. before we close out too, if I can make a recommendation to folks, because I sent you the picture and you thought it was awesome, everybody oh yes. go to AnnieWuArt.com. Annie as in Annie, W-W-U-Art.com. There is a Justice League of America poster that she did in the style of a an 80s punk band that basically you will want this as your wallpaper as it is with me right now. It
1: is awesome. Oh, yeah. I I sent it to my girlfriend. She's like, that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) So that's going to wrap us up here for issue 19 of Bow Down to Us, the comics edition. As always, please check us out at bowdowntous.com. And yes, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, still not seeing very many reviews up there. We would really like to know how well we're doing and if we really could do anything better. So we would appreciate any input from our listeners. And that's going to wrap us up and we will see you next week.
0: Don't grumble at me. (laughs) I wasn't grumbling at you
1: I was grumbling to you yeah